Amazon is taking over the world. That's why I stopped ordering from them. They're not going to take over my life. Oh, please. Listen, please, please I mom. just got an email for yesterday or something she ordered. <laughs> we got the notifications on our Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? What's up, good people? Welcome into Montgomery and Company. I'm Renee Montgomery. Okay, so I'm excited. We're in fall. It's officially hoodie season. You know the vibes, but also we're starting to see NBA action. You know, we saw the Golden State Warriors are traveling now abroad, and you just start to feel the NBA vibes mixed with the NFL vibes. It's the most wonderful time of the year is on the way. And we got a dope show today. We got the MoCo Newsroom coming at you. Of course, we have Brianna Pinto coming through. Shouts out to the NWSL making strides everywhere in every category category we love to see it and then of course we're gonna play a little moco trivia because you know we love to play games let's go all right, so I want to talk about something really quick, and it's not something that we normally talk about or I even normally talk about, but I've just been seeing a lot of things that are alarming. Castelio Vaughn, he's a guy that's in prison, and his before and after pictures are are very concerning. And look, I don't know all of the details. He's not receiving medical care is what his family has released. He's wearing a pamper, cannot walk. When he went to jail, he could walk and was fine. And so to me, I'm just going to start with those baselines of when he walked into the jail, he walked into it. Right now, he's in a pamper and can't walk. It also brought me to something that I saw where Senator Ossoff, so we know Senator John Ossoff is from Georgia and in his opening statement, he made an opening statement and he revealed a 10 month investigation into uncounted deaths into America's prisons. And he had the quote that said, we are here today because what the United States is allowing to happen on our watch in prisons, jails and detention centers nationwide is a moral disgrace. And so for me, that just made me think and it's like a lot of things had this moral undertone and we're going to talk about more things involving sports and the moral undertones with that because as an athlete yes I know that you've seen like athletes may cheat on their spouses athletes may you know break the laws DUIs anything's of that nature yes like I know that you know those things about athletes but there's a reason that people automatically place athletes as role models or people that they want their kids to look up to because there's certain things that you need to be when you're an athlete and that's you need to have a certain level of discipline, you know, you need to have teamwork, you need to be confident, but there's that moral thing, that undertone of why you would want your kid to follow an athlete. When you see people in sports doing things that are immoral in a sense of coaches telling on their other coaches, and we'll talk more about that in this episode, but morally, that's the word of the day. It's morally. Like what we're doing morally as a country seems to be going the wrong direction to me personally. And it's like, as a country, we got to figure out a way to be a community. Like go back to where it takes a village. I don't know where that's happening anymore. I mean, I know it's happening in my church. I know my family is that way, but we got to get back to the it takes a village mentality. And we got to get back to that when it comes to social media. We got to get back to that when it just comes to your neighbor. We got to have humanity. Like I feel weird saying that, but it's like at this point, how we're treating everybody in every sector, the prison systems, the sports world, your neighbor, 
it's like we got to do better people can we do a little bit better than what we're doing now? Because right now it don't look like we're even trying. And if we are trying, then maybe try a little bit more, spread a little bit more humanity because just how we're treating our fellow human is not like you would treat a human being. And so whether it's somebody stealing money from the poorest state in the United States, whether it's coaches telling on their head coach and spreading so that they could get them fired, whether it's our prison system treating humans like animals, it's all unacceptable. And so my thing is, can we, you know, like there's all kinds of songs about these type of things. What's going on? I'm just saying, what's going on? Like, can we do better as a society? Because it just doesn't feel good. And I know you feel it too. So humanity, morality, all of those types of things. Like, can we get back to that? It takes a village. Right, we're back at it. The MoCo Newsroom bringing you things that we found interesting this past week. Some of them are disappointing and interesting at the same time, but let's get it started. Who's going to get us started this week? Because we got a let lot. Me get my, let me get my okay. foolishness <laughs> out the way because I call it foolishness um, to the umpth degree. <laughs> Headline was, and this is what caught my mind. Herm Edwards' staff helped him get fired in an unbelievable way. Unbelievable. Some like his staff helped him get fired. So how does that even work? And so I'm thinking maybe they were just undermining his leadership, his integrity, and this any other in the locker room, off the locker room. But no, they went a step further. So apparently no one was happy. And I want to say no one because for your entire staff to be in on this is crazy. And this is the article. It's allegedly, I'm not saying allegedly because not everybody probably was feeling that way. So I don't want to lump everybody in. But apparently what they did is they actually wanted him to have a losing season. They knew that if he had a losing season, he'd be out of there. So what they did was the staff actually was giving information to their opponents so that they would be <laughs> that able is to wild. beat them in the games, wow. which to me is the most disgusting display of I don't even know how you even like, want someone to stay on that, that team. And the, the thing is, as I read, I was like, well, how did they even find this out? One of the opposing teams told it. It was easy. And like, what were they doing? Given the scouting report, the game plans? It's basically, like, basically, what? like, I guess if so-and-so stepped up in practice or something like that, they would tell him, oh, well, he's not going to be playing. He's strong on this side, but not this side. You know, you only need a couple of major pieces That's to like be known. That's like what people do for betting. Like that little mm-hmm. insider there tips, go. like there for betting. Go. It's there like, that's crazy so basically his staff wanted i guess they weren't happy with who the college chose to be the coach they i guess they had someone else they had in mind so they said okay well here's the easiest way to get them out so they literally undid their own foot think about the seniors think about like right you know what i'm saying like that's so dirty and underhanded it's your so supporters. bad your supporters right. your the boosters like you really did that? So they got and they their were wish. losing those games. I mean, for what they were trying to do, I think it was 26 and 20. I guess they wanted him to have more of a losing than winning or or increase the losing because all you have to do is increase. If you're not making us better and you're making us worse, it doesn't matter if it's a winning season or not. If I lose more games than I won, uh, lost last year, 
you're not doing your job. So they got it. They worked. He's out wow. of there. People are, are out there, you know, putting their bodies on the line for the game and people are putting their money on the line for the game. And then you have this underhanded stuff going on in the back office of where they're trying to eradicate all of that. I'm akin to being a traitor. He should never be able, allowed to work in sports again, period. Yeah. Of those people should be out because that's just not ethical to me. Listen to this quote. An opposing coach recently told The Athletic that it wasn't hard to get the intel on this season's team because someone within the Arizona State's Athletic wanted a coaching change. That's just crazy. It's like, even if you wanted it, you actually went through with something crazy like that. That's to me is it's very it's very concerning in sports because in sport. Oh, there's more. There's more. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So even though this is a wild move, it said it was Arizona State has been upside down for the past couple of months. It says after an NCAA, because here we go, NCAA investigation into Edwards program, five assistant coaches at Arizona State University lost their jobs. Five assistant coaches. So that means that all five of them must have had some type of knowing involvement. Wow. And the program star quarterback transferred from the program, and many people were calling for Edwards to be fired because he lost control of the team, and that's what they did. So look, they was gonna get him fired anyway. So now he's gonna get fired because he lost control of his team, supposedly. But to me, we were trying to get him fired. Yeah, I just (laughs) I'm just really concerned. Would he he have really been a, a, a participant, a willing participant? in there? Of course not. Probably right. not. I mean, Be a willing sense. participant in somebody conspiring to have you fired. But here's the thing that concerns me just, and again, I know like I'm one of those old school athletes. So it's probably, this is old school mentality, but in sports, I really feel like not outside of the court, which I know people probably, but there's guys, there's how guys act on the court and there's how people act off the court. And so you would think that There are guys that don't necessarily behave a certain way off the court, and that's a whole other topic. But sports are supposed to be like your leaders on the court, your leaders in sports, your coaches are supposed to have a certain level of like morality that you're the hardest worker, that you show up, you do your job, you lead your team. You know, it's somebody that that's why athletes almost get tagged role models, even though J.R. Smith said, look, we never signed up to be a role model. Like, you know, like, but they tag athletes as role models because of the characteristics that athletes are supposed to build. But if you have coaches that are building characteristics of, oh, I'm like literally turning on my own team and doing these things it's like it's like the opposite of sports to me it makes my mind like mess. how can that even happen when you sports- know that locker room yeah. was a mess because the assistant mm-hmm. coaches are going against what the head coach says to make sure that they lose what? so you can only imagine just the poison that they had yeah. going through that locker people's room lives. I'm, I'm talking about people's lives here it's a yeah. game yes it's you know we've put the value of gamemanship way too high evidently because uh when you want to like sell your soul to the devil this, this snook, is the kind of snook done got hard she said a traitor to your country yeah. now she said you you know i really when i'm trying to do something and be successful at it and competing and as i said doing all that other stuff and then you have someone who's grinning in your face every day no, and telling tough. you no, this you're and right. that, that's tough. And, and they're trying to really you know bring you down that's tough stuff I, I mean that's really bad to me and i feel the most for the players you know yeah. like the players are the ones yeah. who are These who are really lives. feeling the 
the impact of this exactly that's I, I feel Snook's frustration because you know like as a player like she said like you give your whole life to this and then you have people you preach all the time control your controllable so this is something outside of your controllable so this I, I can't even imagine what they're what the players are even going through yep. yeah no that's a good point because you give your blood sweat and tears and think about all the extra hours like as a player like I put in a lot of extra hours outside of practice to be successful in the game to help us win it wasn't for me to be successful in the game it was like everything I did was to help us win so imagine all them hours that athletes are putting in to help us win but then the game plan is getting given away it's like this is bizarre <laughs> exactly but we're gonna have to move codes. on goodness Cole why did you drop that crazy one in here <laughs> my goodness that is definitely something to hit the newsroom who's next what we got next so Rihanna is gonna be headlining the 2023 Super Bowl <laughs> Hi, Rihanna. Yes. Like, Coming back this, after the baby. She's already an icon. That's what I'm yes. saying. She's already an icon. This is just going to propel her into super icon status. Like, she deserves all the flowers. Good for her. I'm so happy. Hey, Sam, can I ask a question about that real quick? Yeah. <laughs> Did you say who's going to be doing the Super Bowl? Oh, Rihanna. Rihanna. Okay. So it seems to me that Jay-Z is still running the show, right? If I'm not mistaken, I think that Rock Nation is still in charge of putting on the... Oh. Okay. halftime okay. show that's all I well, wanted who to know. pulled out last <laughs> last year that's a good that's actually a great connection so, like thank you for that so yeah so Jay-Z is Rock Nation he's in charge of the, of the halftime show last year Pepsi pulled out Apple Music is the sponsor of halftime now so for I don't know. As long as I can remember, it's been the Pepsi halftime show. Yep, and exactly. So, so last year, that was the last Pepsi halftime yeah, show. Yeah. And so this is a new tide shifting. Like this is big news, like in a sense of like Rihanna is the first halftime show for Apple Music. This is a whole different changing of the airs here that I kind of feel happening. In other entertainment news, we have Kanye. I'm sorry. Yay. The artist formerly known as Kanye West. His yes, new he's name changed is his Ye. name. He legally changed his name to Yay because I saw the <laughs> yeah. interview. You and they literally kept saying the artist formerly known as Kanye West. Why he, is Nook saying yay? <laughs> he went on GMA with uh, Lindsey Davis and uh, he was he, he actually said a lot. He, he apologized to Kim for any distress that he may have caused the family. Oh. And um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, honestly, I feel like a lot of people probably feel the same way. But personally, I I saw uh, I saw another side of him. I think that he's he's a smart guy for doing this interview because he was he was actually explaining that he felt like everything was kind of like simultaneously connected in his life where something that he co-created was being taken from him, like his kids, his design and Adidas at at Gap and all these things. He felt like he like everything was being taken from him. And it's something that he co-created and I'm not gonna lie I kind of understand where he's coming from you know as a creator myself as a creative I definitely feel very protective of my creations so, no this is definitely a big yeah. topic so I don't know if you guys saw but there was a lot of celebrities that kind of put their input on when it came to yay and his situations with Adidas like Swiss Beats he's like look I normally don't even get involved in these things but if we start like letting the brands overtake our creations, then it's going to be a ripple effect. If they're doing this to Ye, he was like, what do you think they're going to do to us? What I took away from it was interesting because back 10 years ago, I know everybody remember, Sway, you ain't got the answer, Oh, Sway, yeah. He, he admitted that Sway answers. had the answer. That's right. So <laughs> in that interview, he had to go back and say Sway had the answers because Sway told everybody 10 years ago, How, stop Sway? co-creating. <laughs> like that, because Kanye was like, look, I co-created all these brands. Yeezy 
Yeezys. Y'all see these Yeezys? That has my name on it. And Adidas is like, uh, sir, read the fine print. Yeah, you co-created, but this is our stuff. And all these other situations. So Kanye had to realize that, you know, he said, look, I went and got better lawyers. But at the end of the day, uh, Sway said it best. He was like, why don't you take two steps back and start your own company. That way you own your whole thing, family owned and operated. I'm shouts to MoCo, okay? But that's (laughs) kind of what Sway was trying to tell him when he threw that tantrum back in the day because here's the thing. Anytime you co-create, that co-part in the beginning means you got to work with somebody. That's half theirs too. And that's the thing when you co-produce, you know, we're doing that with Think Tank Productions. That's part of somebody else's brand too. And so kind of me, yay, he said he felt like, you know, he co-created his kids, he co-created his brand, and now he doesn't have any say in where his kids goes to school, what or clothes his dress. kids wear, how yeah. they dress. He doesn't have any say with what Adidas is doing with the brand. So he felt like all of those things happened at the same time and I'm over it. So he had right. to say that Sway had the answers too. That's what yeah, had to come and, out. And, too. and he's very smart for for even wording it that way. Like another thing that I got from this mind. wonderful business. Yes, he, he's a brilliant mind. And one thing that I did take from this interview is that he chooses his words so wisely. And, <laughs> oh! and <laughs> I know that everybody can roll their eyes at, at Yay, but he's a smart guy. He, I, I believe that he knows what he's doing. Like even how he said Sway has the answer. Literally Sway the next the day. Answers. Yeah, Sway has literally. The the next day, people had it on T-shirts, and he even he even acknowledged it during the interview. He said, "That's Dom Delang, Dom Defied language, or something like that." Yeah, and I was like, "He's really, really just very thoughtful with the way that he puts words together." I know that it's not like I'm, I'm, you know, like standing or fanning out over yeah, and but I'm definitely not. I'm just saying the man is kind of brilliant. Did you just get heard on their marketing company, Sam? Look, I'm going to tell you right now, I know that Kanye, you know, he also even went on to say that people call him crazy because he wants to change the world. He went on to say all kinds of different things like I know that Kanye is Kanye and there's all of that Kanye-ness. But I also know that somebody, Sway, 10 years ago really said the blueprint. And I hope a lot of people are paying attention that whenever you want to create something, I know it's like all like the reason he went off on Sway 10 years ago, because it is hard. Like, how can you create it on your own? Like, you know, like a lot of us like would have probably said the same thing, like how Sway, how can I create a global brand right here in house? But all of the things that go along with Kanye, the one thing that he has realized now that I hope we all realize, because we all watched Kanye go through it is that when you co-create something, you pretty much give up a lot of control over it. Like you, one, once you decide to lend your brand, your name, image, and likeness to someone else, you no longer can make a unilateral decision. You no longer have only say in that. And I think Kanye is a creative genius and he likes for his ideas to be fully his ideas. But once you put co in front of it, see, that's no the part more. for me. And I, this is the part where, yeah. Kanye, I'm not a big Kanye fan, and that's and that's fine. Everybody can have their own taste and flavor. That's fine. But my point is, is that a lot of companies co-create with these billionaire companies because they want that fast name out there. Now, I'm not even going to lie. Would people have bought a Yeezy 10, 15 years ago from Kanye just because it was a Yeezy? Maybe not. So the whole process had to come to fruition probably through Adidas because Adidas was the only one who was doing streetwear at that time, street shoes at that time. Everybody else was kind of doing like Nike wasn't doing really street shoes other than Jordan. You know, they they were the ones who were introducing more streetwear clothing, more streetwear shoes. So 
it was that time for Ye to go through there. So I understand what he's saying, co-create. But when you co-create, you have to be able to say, you'll let somebody buy you out too. You got to be ready to give up on that part of it because if you want to grow, and take it with you. You can't take the part that they own. So, and that's like any business. Like that's Snooki any business. Was, yeah, like anything that you create at a business, they're not going to let you walk away and Why leave walk away with, with it. it. Yeah. Even on Shark Tank, you see people that created a brand and they have they struggle so much to even give up one percentage at a time because exactly. they know that each percentage they give up is a part of their say, a part of their brand that they're yeah, giving up. Absolutely. You know? So that's what I'm saying. So I just think that this is what it is. This was going to happen anyway. I mean point blank period he wanted to break into the clothing business that's how he did it he didn't do it the other way paul said exit strategy yeah that's a good idea well most businesses out there and i know i've worked for several lots of different companies you know when you you're hired they give you that little piece of paper about academic freedom and all of that and intellectual properties that mean like oh i came up with a lot of great ideas i couldn't take them with me because I thought of them when I was on the job. I wrote on the company's computer, used their paper. So it's yeah, their it's over stuff. After that. So. Just an ad. We do know Ye was with Nike before he was with Adidas. And those Yeezy Octobers, like, again, still shoes that you can get $10,000 for online yeah, right now. So sure. Ye is starting to realize what Sway saw in him 10 years ago that, yeah, you are the brand. And so you ain't got to sell dope. Dope is sell itself. And so basically Ye is starting to realize that, yo, I am the brand. I am the culture. You're starting to see a lot of people say these things now. Maybe to your point, Cole, we nobody was in that mindset 10 years ago. I mean, even in 2020, we all started having a, a, a revelation about like, wait Name, a minute. Image and likeness. Yeah. We're the culture. We're yeah. the brand. We're what's happening right now. So why don't we lean into us? It's gotten to happen with Kanye. So I am happy to see like, yay, do your own thing. Stop. Then don't co-create no more. You've already been with Nike. You've already been with Adidas. It's time to just be yay. Just be yay. Just be yay. What you got, Snookabooka? Okay, well, I had two articles that kind of wet my fancy this week. The first one was in ESPN. I've kind of been following this because with my background with a university, I just wonder what can a university do to make sure that its students act correctly and do not inviolate other people's rights or whatever. What could you do? You know what I mean. So BYU is in a big, big battle now because their reputation has been kind attain it because they had a Duke basketball player who was called out of her name at one of their games and it doesn't seem that the university did anything to really try to get a handle on that. They had a meeting or an investigation and found no racism or whatever and so that happens a lot and you know I've been in situations where I've had to tell people if I'm black. I've been black all my life. And you can't tell me when I've been discriminated against. And so this young lady, I really feel for her. What I was going to say, ESPN had an article that came out that says, BYU, now this is the university who said they didn't find any racism to honor the black 14, a group of former Wyoming football players who once protested LDS church policy. And that's later they say. And so because South Carolina, Don Staley has said, nope, 
not going over there at BYU and playing any games. Shouts to Don Staley. They, she realizes that the university is not really going to take any accountability for that. So they come up with this thing. Well, let's go ahead and do a documentary and and do something to honor the black race to make them feel a little bit better about us. And so that's what I think it's all about. So that was on ESPN, one of their articles or whatever. Hablements. Which, if anybody knows, Hablements means garbage. This is a garbage comeback because if you felt like you did nothing wrong, then why all this hoopla? Why all this damage control? Why all this? Because you know you did it. You know that y'all did this because if y'all came out and said there was racism, you would have to actually discipline people. And who, right. how are you going to discipline these people? So again, like I said, this is Hablements. This is garbage. They just, I, you know what? And before I was just going to say, unfortunately, that's the culture of some people of what we're having today. But now BYU, you get an ant. I don't even. Yeah, like that could have that could have flown before. And Serena says this to me all the time, and it's it's really true now. The audience is way more aware now. The audience is way more engaged. Audience meaning fans, humans, anyone of anything happening in the news and sports. People are aware. People are. I mean, it's the things. age of information. This like we have information, information that are at our tips. We're not stupid. Yeah. I, I'm not sick of stupid, people. So and people what? think we stupid. I, I'm yeah. sick of people thinking we're dumb. We here now, so it's like BYU do better. Like yeah. Don Staley already took, you know, drew a line in the sand about, and the word is accountability. No, you couldn't have stopped them from doing it because you didn't know they were planning it, but you can make people accountable for their actions. And so there's no accountability. That's the problem, BYU. It's not about recognizing like, great, what those people did, great, but that has nothing to do with you holding other people accountable. And that's the problem here. And usually, what, and you know, as I said, I've been in this arena many times with many different organizations. What organizations usually do is they get a committee together and then they have some sensitivity training and things for their students they'll say that they'll ask even for grant monies like we need to do some sensitivity training over here at BYU for our students it'll be mandatory for staff faculty and then they'll have students good but they didn't even go that far they just said, didn't find anything I didn't even know that I'm was a thing sensitivity training it. that's actually really cool sensitivity I even training might be something that BYU may want to I think to that a lot of workplaces could benefit from that as well definitely oh, they, they do, do that a lot I've been I've I've made some nice little change from doing those. Listen, I did it for no police side departments. Hustle, okay? I'm sorry. They're not going to be able to sensitivity train 2020 after our last administration. It's way too big. Well, so I do believe that it's out of control. And unfortunately, you know, birds of a feather flock together. And if a couple of people was in there who didn't think it was right, they may have left. They may not have been a part of it. But if 90 percent of the people in there were doing it, then that's what it is. It is no, what it, it is. Like, just yeah, look, yeah. Just look what at you're what you're saying. saying. Just look yeah. at what you're doing. So that's a big point. Point is, it's a big group. You can't do all that. So they would have been better off saying that they went and they talked to different groups. And, you know, they would have been better off saying that they even disciplined or tried to find out. But the fact that they say they do an investigation and no one did it. So everybody was lying. The whole team was lying. Right. So that's apart from me. That's why I said I just BYU. You just that. Eh. Yuck, 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 yuck. Yeah. This is a little parallel with what happens throughout America, really. Like a lot of people don't like to acknowledge our history as a country mm-hmm. because they don't even they, it's almost like they wanna they wanna <laughs> bury it. It's like, oh no, our family, you know, like we we weren't Martin Luther King, you know, after civil rights, it's like that's all eradicated. Like it's actually recently right. uh Halle Bailey's boyfriend is under a lot of flag because he tweeted something out like, dang, I can't believe the reactions after Little Mermaid came 
came out. I thought racism was dead after MLK. And yeah. I feel like when her when boyfriend like, was shocked at exactly, how bad it was. He was shocked at the reactions. Is he a member of our race? <laughs> yes, he's black. He's black. Um, see, it's sad. that's so sad. So when things like this happen, it really does a disservice to the younger generation to believe like, oh, racism is dead. It doesn't matter. You know, mm-hmm. I can't get I can't get discriminated at my workplace. I can't dis- get discriminated at my school. I can't get discriminated in the store, you know, because racism is dead. And that's not true. You know, like I feel like even living in the that's South facts. a little bit has kind of opened my eyes to that. Like I used to live in New York before New York, I feel like is not as pot. as. Exactly. Is, is, is not as I would say, you know, for lack of a better word, as racist as this as the South. Not that I know, but maybe it is because maybe in the South is probably just a little bit more out there. I don't know. I, I don't know how it is up in the North. Roy exactly. said the NYPD would like to have a word. <laughs> Roy, <laughs> hey, I'll tell them this to their face. Oh no, gosh. but to that point, I mean, come on, New York going to Georgia. There's no comparison. I mean, I, obviously, there still can be racism in New York, but you went but see, from this New is going York to get worse to Georgia. Because kids are don't even go recognize they're being racist because we're not teaching critical race theory they say it's critical race theory we're not teaching our history in schools so mm-hmm. kids don't even what's happening is is that when you say that's not what it is kids won't recognize what it is exactly. so you might have kids that's what she's they don't yeah. recognize yeah. what it is because so they're exactly. out there being racist and their school is supporting it because they're saying we looked into it and if we actually say they're being racist then we have to teach them what racism is they don't want to do that Wow. Mm-hmm. Exactly. This is what happens as well. We, we're living in a society where it used to be we were very community oriented, where everyone like type stayed in like community. So you stayed in the black community, Italian community, Asian community. But now we're kind of diverse. And so when kids, uh, minority kids have kids and you go to you live in a nice neighborhood, you go to a nice school and your friends in your group say these things, you don't realize that they're racist because you're not living the kind of life that your parents or your grandparents live. And so when they call you these names and make fun of you and your little groups or whatever, you don't even have enough sense to know that that's really discriminatory. I'm going to call that the Carlton Banks effect. I was literally just thinking that. Anybody that's seen Bel Air or Fresh Prince of Bel Air, the old school one, Carlton Banks in a lot of episodes got in trouble for defending his friends, not even knowing that his friends was actually kind of making fun of him and kind of racist. So I'm going to call it the Carlton Banks effect where you're living in and submerged in the in the group. So you may not even know the group is actually making fun of you. So that's kind of the point that we're getting at here. And that was Snook's honorable mention. So for Snook's other one, I'm going to make it mine because I know a lot about this one as well. And it's Brett Favre. So Snook set up Brett Favre for us because if you guys don't know, Brett Favre is doing some things and not good things. Okay, well, let's just talk about Brett Favre a little bit. You know, he's a great quarterback (laughs) there. He won a Super Bowl, all kinds of accolades. I'm talking about all kinds of Would you think he had made millions in his during his playing oh, time? He has. He's well, he's paid for the Falcons. I thought that was interesting when I did my research. He played what? for the Falcons in 1991. So oh, okay, he does yeah. have some Atlanta ties there, but most of his stuff was with the Green Bay Packers and he was like awesome there. Oh, he was drafted by the Falcons, Roy put in the chat. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> at any, so at any rate, uh he had a wonderful storied his 
historic football career. Now, I know back in the day, they might not have made as much money as they make today, but they made good money. And if you were smart mm-hmm. with it, you could still be living good. As I said, he's been a Super Bowl champion. And I was just so, so discouraged when I heard this information on him. So the reason we're talking about him now is because he's in the news for breaking some other records and those kind that you really don't want to hear about. So I'll turn it over. The to records you now. that go to jail, do not pass go, do not collect $200. Correct. So Brett has a foundation just like Renee and in his organization, what he's doing is raising money for disadvantaged and misrepresented kids in Mississippi. Supposedly he had $8 million worth of funds that were given to his foundation for this particular purpose, which he spent on volleyball, gymnasiums. They said maybe some travel and some other fun things was done with that money, but it wasn't given to those starving, poor Mississippi kids, the poorest state in the nation. And this is the fear that people have when they donate to charities and nonprofits. It's like, where is that money going to? You know, like, I feel like this is what gives, you know, like people who are doing the right thing. This is what could discredit some of some of those people because of situations like this. That's that's unfortunate. No, that's a good point. And he made, thank you, Paul, he made $137 million on the field. And the reason I say that is because, like, Snook said it. Look, we have a foundation, the Renee Montgomery Foundation. We call it RMF. We are constantly looking for brands and sponsors to support our our events where 100% of our donate, everything with the RMF, 100% of the proceeds go to RMF, just so people know. So and those proceeds go back into the community. And they go directly back in. So even if I spent money to make a jersey MEM, I use the proceeds from the MEM jerseys and they go directly to the foundation. But now after what's happened, she makes a good point. It's going to make it harder for foundations. I'm a 501c3. We're probably going to fill out so much paperwork, do so much extra stuff because now people have a legitimate fear. Where is our money going? Mm -hmm. (sighs) Let me tell you what's going to happen. And I, I hate these stories. <laughs> I, I'm about to just put, I'm going to lay it all out for you. I hate these stories because Me nothing's going to happen. Yeah, mm. you have a point. You have a point. Nothing is going to happen. See, the problem is, is that people are mad. You know what people are mad about on the Internet? People are not upset because he actually stole that money and used it for the college because his daughter played volleyball and maybe the football team and some other stuff. People are not upset because he stole money because nobody wants to say that where he stole that money. Mm-hmm. People are upset because we're supposedly tarnishing his name. Right. That's the part. That's the part that I said. And as long as people believe that people are being too hard on him and we're tarnishing his name, then nobody's going to do anything about it. What? Well, I I have to argue with you, Nikki, about that, because I saw in articles they want him removed from the Football Hall of Fame. And we know of another person who was... I know of one athlete who was disgraced and my husband just said it the other day, they're probably never going to take that disgrace off of Pete Rose. They won't let him into the Hall of Fame because he was illegally gambling or whatever. So it does happen. I mean, he, you know, he suffered I'm sorry. He stole $8 million. That is jail time. He stole from the state government. I'm not talking about he stole money from the people 
people who supported him. I'm saying he actually defrauded the government. He yeah, defrauded Medicaid. Medi- that is a physical crime to go to jail for. And the fact that people are just mad because they're tarnishing his name. Who, you know, he's not going to be in the Hall of Fame. Who cares? You can have this trophy for the Hall of Fame. Don't put my name <laughs> in there. Just don't put me in jail. Who cares? You know what I'm saying? That's so dis- dis- that's what I'm saying. That's why I said nothing's going to happen. And all of this is allegedly conspiracies. I'm putting all these words out there just to cover us. Obviously, this is all allegedly. They have text messages. Speaking of jail, Cole, (laughs) Brett actually floated the idea of having prison labor help with manufacturing of the lockers and different things of that nature. So if he does end up going to prison, he can help make the lockers himself then. (laughs) He might be able to actually put some hours in and create it himself because to your point, Cole, this, uh, this sounds like a crime that a criminal should go to jail for like you jail. know it's- jail we would go to jail for $100 of federal money mm. or state money that we misappropriated I, I, I know for a fact we would and let me tell you I have a perfect example what's happened in Baltimore Maryland and I'm gonna put Maryland out there we had a mayor of Baltimore who supposedly stole $500 worth of gift cards. The gift cards, they say she took them and she used them inappropriately, but no one ever said that she actually had the gift cards. But because the gift cards came to her administration, her office, and they weren't accounted for, they actually wanted her to serve jail time for that. They yeah. wanted her to be in jail make for $500 make for the gift cards. This man stole millions of dollars in which the governor told him. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. It's like, the governor should go to jail. Round them all up. All of them. People on the other side of that were giving pushback on the internet because people weren't talking about it enough because people don't want to tarnish his name. Yeah. So you have people like Jamel Hill tweeting out, this is the biggest story in sports because almost nobody was talking about it because they don't want to tarnish Brett Favre's name to your point, Nicole, for sure. And even to like the point of like, I'm going to play the other side of it because we know this doesn't happen in real life, but let's say the media was trying to wait to see how things played out. Why does he get that benefit of a doubt when we uh-huh. see that the I media... I mean, the head coach of the Celtics didn't... I mean, I'm not defending nobody, but I'm just saying as soon as that story hit, everybody ran with Breaking it. Breaking news. And it yeah. hit at the same time that knew, Brett Favre's news broke. Before we even knew what Ime Udoka did, because I was on the internet live when Woj dropped his Woj bomb and there was nothing in the bomb. It was like, Ime Udoka's in trouble I don't know what for. I don't know what's going on, but he's in real trouble and it might be in a suspension. Allegations like, of cheating. That's the yeah, first thing that no, I heard. This is before that even came out. I was there for the first Woj bomb. To that See? point, exactly. The, before we we knew all of the developments of the story, before everybody was running with the, with the cheating. No, but I'm, yeah, talking, I'm talking about even with the, with the cheating allegations. Yep. Let's say yep. all they had was cheating yeah. allegations to begin with and they ran with that too before yeah. they even knew of anything else. But here's my thing. Like I'm trying to say before we even knew a allegation like I was on the internet when Woj dropped the bomb that Ime Udoka did something I saw people speculating did he bet on a game did his Yo, wife I bet on a cheating game meant cheating in the in the system no they didn't even say cheating I'm trying to get you guys to the inception of when it happened I saw the worst case scenarios getting assumed before exactly. they even said it was cheating because that when I heard it was cheating I was like oh it's cheating I thought he bet on a game or something very very like you know but before that even happened, before we even found out it was cheating, I saw the worst case scenarios of who Ime Udoka could have been without any benefit of a doubt. And None. so for the people that were that are saying that they're not covering the Brett Favre story, 
because you're trying to wait to let things develop. I'm just going to say, keep that same energy. And we're not defending nobody. I'm just talking about in general, the way that you behave with certain individuals needs to be the way you behave with all individuals. And so if you're not going to cover stories until you get the full story, then Then don't cover stories until you get the full story. Shut up. There you go. Brett Favre's most memorable stat may be 8 million meant for the poor. Now that's Tom's headline. And that's how it should go. And that's how he should be remained in history. Uh, we got to go. Listen, this local <laughs> newsroom, my goodness, we could we had a lot to discuss this week. It was a heavy week and there was a lot going on. But the reason we're talking about it is because somebody should. up next we have nwsl star brianna pinto if you're struggling to lose weight you've probably heard about weight loss medications like wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you meet plush care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. We are here with Brianna Pinto. Drafted number three in the NWSL draft in 2021, reigning out of UNC, all ACC player, of course, three times. I'm just throwing out some stats in case you ain't (laughs) know. So we're a family business podcast, as you can see. And we also are a sports family. And we talk about growing up in a sports family, what that's like. And I know that you grew up in one as well. Both of your parents went to UNC. You have brothers that play soccer. So tell me about what it's like growing up in a sports family because we all been there we know well first of all i love my family they are my absolute support system they've been with it through me through thick and thick oh my goodness through yeah, through uh, thick, thick and thick, thick is right it's right though <laughs> thick and thick and thin and thin so, um, so they've just been so important to me because they've supported every single one of my dreams and for my brothers as well we've been able to push each other through sports so all three of us play soccer my dad was the one who uh, got the the end of the stick because we ended up playing his sport instead of uh, softball like my mom but she's grown <laughs> to love the sport and she knows it better than almost anybody she watched the most soccer in the family and wow uh, one of the beautiful things about having a family that's dedicated to sport is we can train with each other we can watch our game film we can critique each other in a constructive way and it's just so helpful because every time I'm home I can train with my brothers and my dad and I know that they have my best interest at heart and um, I'm inspired by my brothers. I wouldn't be where I am without them because they've taught me what it means to be a woman in a male dominated space and hold your Mm. own and fight for just equality in a sense. And they made me tougher. So I'm just so grateful for each and every single one of them because sports is just a wonderful platform to bring people from different backgrounds together. And 
Uh, we love all sports and um, we've had so many fun memories all across the world watching different sporting events. So it's just been really special to be a part of my family. Love that. Are you the only girl of all the siblings? Yes. So I have an older brother, Hassan. He went to Elon University for undergrad and then he took his grad year to Duke University. So there was a little bit Whoa! of <laughs> households. Yeah. Um, he actually followed uh, in my mom's footsteps. So both of them went to Fuqua's business school at Duke University wow, and he's nice. getting his MBA there now. Um, and my younger brother plays soccer. He's a junior at Princeton University. Um, um, so So the goal is for all three of us to be professional. My older brother played in the USL for Loudoun United and for Richmond Kickers. And my younger brother wants to play professionally as well. So Hopefully that will happen in the next few weeks, months, years. Or you guys um, are on the right track. Whatever God has yeah. in store for us. Yeah. Yes. All right. Yeah. Listen, yeah. we've heard of the Ball Brothers and the NBA doing some incredible things, but the Pinto family, okay? Right. And the <laughs> soccer world <laughs> is making some noise. And now, like, so you were drafted third overall, like I talked about, but you recently got a logo made and a website made for your personal brand. And I love this space that we're in where athletes are their own business. Now we see it in college even starting. And so I'm just curious, what are you building? I want to know, like, what do you have coming up in the future? Um, so I think that inspiration came from my parents. So both of them also worked in sports. My dad worked for the Lakers and my mom worked for Major League Baseball um, nice. as a producer. And they saw big time athletes who wanted to take advantage of using their brand and using their platform for good. And one of the things my parents stressed is that you're a person before you're an athlete and you've got a story to tell. And uh, they wanted me to present myself as not only a black woman, but somebody who fights for equality, for racial justice, somebody who fights for access to the game in soccer. I was very fortunate in my upbringing and all the things that I had access to in terms of financial support, emotional support, physical support, things like that. One of the things is we wanted to build this website because it not only tells who I am as a person, what I've been into, some of the things that I've been able to accomplish, but it gives you a background. Like you get to know my family on there and where, where I'm from, what I'm studying, because I'm currently uh, studying in business administration at UNC Keenan Flagler Business School. Okay. Um, so I'll be done in December, which has been fun. Um, and then, okay. And then uh, beyond that, just for just my fans and supporters, the ones who have been there from day one, um, I've made a, a merch line. If they want to wear it to games, everybody else is studying, you making merch and, and building a business and stuff. So yes, tell us about yes. that. Yeah. So I wanted to create a logo. Brianna, what you've done is a roadmap for others. I appreciate it. And I think it comes from looking up to other athletes who have served as inspiration for me. So for example, growing up and seeing Serena Williams, her career was so emblematic of just how powerful you can be as a figurehead in the world beyond your sport, because she went into a space in tennis and, and dominated it and claimed the space as her own and was unapologetically herself. And I saw a lot of beauty in that. And I want to, you know, follow the same footsteps as her. And part of it is building your brand, talking about what your beliefs are, just presenting yourself in the most authentic version of uh, that you can. I worked with Creative Allies. They are a company that my dad actually works for. And they helped me build a logo that we think would be timeless. Um, you can 
play with the color. So in my career, if I represent a national team or a different club team or whatever it may be, I can change the colors of my logo. Um, so I wanted to leave it like kind of neutral. Right now it's blue because blue has been kind of a, a staple in my career so far because I played for UNC. <laughs> yep. um, I went to Gotham and now I'm at NC Courage. So uh, we thought that would be a good fit. Uh, but I'm so so happy with how it turned out. And I'm so excited to continue growing the website and uh, just investing in it. I love more. that. Nice. Congratulations. And when I was talking about the roadmap, as I said, a lot of times we have to see it, you know, that's one of the sayings you have to see it so you you know can do it. But at any rate, I know we have a lot of questions in our family because we live in West Virginia, which is a little bit little bit further down the down the road than North Carolina. And people don't see West Virginia as being one of those states who uh, births a lot of different superior athletes. And so it's always I've told, told Renee that she needs to kind of get it all lined up so that people can see what path she took and they can see that, you know, if she can do it, you know, they can do it. So hats off to that. And soccer, Renee played soccer, and I have a little granddaughter now <laughs> who's playing soccer. And I don't we know a lot, lot of about people it. playing I'm soccer. I'm not as good as actually. your mom, probably, but I do know about a hat trick. And so I know Renee <laughs> had a hat trick, and my granddaughter had one this weekend. So hats <laughs> off to soccer. <laughs> I'd like to tell you, Miss Montgomery, you have a beautiful family as well. So um, I just, oh, I'm so oh, honored thank you, to, thank you, thank you. to be here with you all today. Girl, oh, you family. You. Okay. Yeah, that's what's up to your now. mother as well. Tell her that she's right in the group that all mothers should be in. That supportive mother. <laughs> oh, thank you. I will. We see WNBA issues hit our timeline a lot. We see them hit the news a lot. Two of the top issues are travel and player lifestyle. We've seen it talked about a lot. Even our president of the WNBPA, Neka Agumake, has voiced her opinion about how it needs to be elevated. And so I'm curious. We know that in women's sports, there's a lot of things that we could focus on to be elevated. But what are a couple of the topics that the NWSL players are focused on? I think fighting for living wages to make sure that you can focus solely on your craft, um, making sure that you're earning enough to create a life after you're done because you give your body up uh, and sacrifice so much to play a professional sport, both obviously in the WNBA and in the NWSL, because people come out with lingering injuries that affect them for the rest of their lives, whether that's a concussion or uh, bad knees or whatever it may be. So we're trying to set up our athletes for success beyond and allowing them to build savings and learn investment and uh, just financial security while they're playing their sport. So part of the win for us was establishing this collective bargaining agreement. And that happened earlier this year. And it was a really big win for us because the floor is now 35,000. But there's still room to grow. We want that to continue to grow over time as more investment comes into our sport. And what's the ceiling? Uh, there isn't a ceiling, to my knowledge. Um, so wow. I think people are earning over 150 grand, uh, depending on if you're an international superstar or whatever it may be. But we want to make sure that everyone is taken care of in a way where they can be okay and focus just on their sport, where they don't have to pick up side hustles. So um, one of the campaigns recently was no more side hustles. And we really wanted to push the league to support us. So now we have housing, which has been great. The standard is really, really great. We're fed after before and after games. And um, that goes a really long way, uh, just to make sure that you're comfortable and you're able to bring the best version of you every single day because you don't have to worry about some of those other things. Um, but regarding the overseas play, I, I've seen 
with the WNBA, a lot of players are going overseas to earn more pay, to lengthen their season, and um, to get more game time. And we have some of that. A lot of players do go over to Australia. And I mean, that's a fun destination. I, yeah, I'd argue, I played but, there. Um, but that's not the reality for everyone. A lot of people do go to some countries where they may not feel welcome. And what we're seeing is with Brittany Griner. And one of the cool things is we've been able to support her. Um, we've worn shirts bringing awareness to the yeah, situation. Yeah, I saw you shirts a couple of days ago. Yeah, yeah. It was nice to support her. And uh, we just hope that we can bring her home as soon as possible because their situation is just so extremely unfortunate. And um, we need to raise awareness that, like, if we're able to keep players like that in our league and protect them and uh, fight for social justice, which is a real factor in, in her situation, I think it'll go a long way. And we felt like we could do our part because the WNBA has been really supportive of us and we just want to uh, pay it back to them. With soccer, you know, it used to be a European and an Asian sport more so than it was a U.S. sport. And so now, you know, it's really uh, getting more prevalent here in this country. And I don't want to harp on West Virginia, but we recently had one of our golf courses turned into soccer fields. We had nine soccer fields installed and they stay full pretty much every weekend during soccer season. You can't even get hotel rooms in here in our area for the soccer tournaments that are going on. So soccer is really on the rise. And I hope that you are able to build your sport to pass the level of the the WNBA. Just, you know, as a woman's sport, I want to see you grow. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's been so cool to just see the growth, not only at the youth level, more and more black girls are playing soccer. And one of the things that, you know, I struggled with earlier on was that I didn't have a black team until I was 14. Um, I was like one of the only ones on my team. Um, But when I got to like the U20 national team, for example, it was the most diverse team I ever played on. And it was just so special to to relate with your teammates in a way that I had never had before. And uh, one of the fun things that I've I've really come to love is like the pregame fits and people expressing themselves. And the reason I think that's special is because the girls looking up to us can see themselves in these role models that are on TV, on the playing field, whatever it may be. And regarding my hair, like a pregame fit, I'll wear like my puff and sometimes I'll do Afro puffs or whatever it is. And I think it goes a long way because I wasn't comfortable wearing my hair like that when I was a youth soccer player. I relaxed my hair and um, I wanted to have like the ponytail and wear it to the side like my teammates did. But that representation goes so far because the level of expression affects generations to come. So I think it's been really special and just the growth that we've had, like even off the field. Definitely. Nice. So you were 14. You you didn't really have any black teammates, you said, right? And you grew up in North Carolina. Yeah. Wow, that's really crazy because you're 22 years old and this right now, and that wasn't that long ago. So right. to think that, you know, up until you were 14, you didn't really see any other black teammates, that's just kind of mind-blowing. Yeah, and it's like, what is it like to be one of one? And, you know, I get to read stories like Brianna Scurry. She was the goalkeeper on the women's national team who helped win the 1999 women's world cup. And she talks about her experience, you know, even 20 years earlier. And it's cool to see just the legacy that she's even started because players could see themselves in her. And I want to carry that on because um, growing up, you know, I looked up to Crystal Dunn and she went to UNC plays for the national team and is playing for Portland Thorns now, but that representation is so, so important because if you can see yourself in a role that you want to be in, you can achieve it. Absolutely. Yep. 
I know that's Definitely. Right. That's right. And so the championship game is in D.C. this year towards the end of October for the NWSL. I'm saying that out loud for awareness for people because people ask me all the time, like, when is the WNBA season? I want to get to the game. I'm like, you missed it. It's in the summer. So right. the NWSL <laughs> game, championship game is in D.C. at the end of October. There's panels leading up to it. I'm actually moderating one of the panels. So I'm going to be in the building for the championship game. Hope to see you there. OK, <laughs> hope to see you there. But I'm curious, like, you know, what type of growth have you seen the NWSL make? over the past couple of years because even in our women like in women's sports it's changing dramatically I know that people probably see the numbers coming across the timeline of the most viewed game in the past 10 years and there's so many strides so we talk about it a lot on the WNBA side but I'd love to hear from you the strides that you guys have made on the NWSL side you mentioned it before with just the viewership like the number of views are going up and up because more companies are investing in women's sport and putting it on TV so that young girls can watch because I would have loved to be able to watch the Women's Professional League when I was coming up. But that wasn't the case for me. But it is now, and we want to make the most of it and make sure that we're putting on the best product on our platform. So um, one of the coolest things I've seen was the opening match for Angel City. They had 22,000 fans in their first game of the season. They've got all their investors on the sideline. And you know, coming in as the opposing team, it was so hard not to be in the moment because you're like, wow, this is a win for women's soccer. Whatever happens. Yeah. Today, oh, you like, played yes, in that here. game, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're that really was here. crazy. Yes, we're here to compete. Yes, we're here to compete. But man, this game is going in such a special, special way. Like it is growing exponentially. And then we saw that record uh, get topped by San Diego yep. uh, just last week. And I love it because we're pushing each other towards greatness. And I'm so excited to go to San Diego later this week because hopefully we can make our playoff push and clinch that last spot. And for us, we want to play in front of these big stadiums and have the fans screaming where we can't even hear each other on the field because that's the moment we've dreamed of all of our lives. Well, we're rooting for you. We are. are. We're pulling for you. I just want to re-emphasize what she just said. There were 22,000 fans loud screaming the most ever. And then just to top it off, a couple days ago, was it 24,000 or 26,000? But I can't remember the exact number, but it was somewhere around 24,000 thousand fans poured in to watch a game so just so that people no one's watching it no one cares yeah there's about 22,000 people that actually cared at the same moment to be in the building and (laughs) that's the growth of the sport and so we wish you nothing but the best like I said I'm gonna be there me and Serena are gonna be there for the championship game so I hope to see you there (laughs) um but love what you're doing love what you're building keep making it a generational thing for your family because that's what we love here at MoCo well thank you thank you I I just love just sharing a collective passion for a sport because even having you at the championship game for example you've got a platform of women's sports supporters who haven't maybe been introduced to soccer and it just goes a long way that you're extending your platform to that event so thank you to you as well and just for having me on and I hope that we can definitely cross over because I'd love to hear more about the WNBA and even other women's sports because if we raise the bar and support one another and just challenge each other to reach for new heights. It's just going to be such a special era of women's I like life. that. Let's raise the yeah, bar. Hey, you running? I'm looking for you, Absolutely. okay? Absolutely. <laughs> I love it. We love yes. it. We love it. And tell your family we said hello because I feel connected. It's a similar family type. And thank you for joining us here on Montgomery & Co. Thank you for having me. 
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We're not going to keep a running score because the competitive humans, that is my family. They will get caught up in who's won what. They already started asking me questions about who won the previous MoCo trivias. I don't know. Each one is a standalone and we're back at it again. Okay. Okay. This trivia involves money and advertising because I think this is a big world that we're living in as far as like y'all see ads go up all the time. We recently covered Forbes top creators. That's a whole world. There's a lot of money flowing and I want to see if y'all know just how much money is flowing and that's what our MoCo trivia is about today. Starting with question one, who we starting with? What's the order so we could get the order going? Who won last time? I did. Ooh. All right, so Cole can go. You can pick where you're going, first or last. I'll go last. So Cole's going last. Uh, Snook and Serena, they're a little, speaking of thruples and couples, they always <laughs> like to, to be tag teaming together. So which one of y'all going first? <laughs> Whatever Serena wants. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. This. Here we go. Well, I'll choose since I was a winner. So uh, Serena, you're going first. Snook is going Boom. second. And I'll go All last. Right. There you go. Okay, so here we are. Serena, you're up first. In 2020, Disney was the largest advertiser on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram with an estimated ad spend of blank U.S. dollars. A, 217, B, 235, C, 284, or D, 311? I would say 311. D, 311 is correct. Ah! Disney yes. spent $311 million in 2020 on ads on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, They y'all. struggling. <laughs> they struggling. That's a lot of money. They never had to spend that much before, I guarantee you. They That's struggling. That's a lot of money. That's now, crazy. Snook, you're up next. The question is, how much did Ronaldo, who is a soccer player, make Per sponsored post on Instagram, how much does he make per sponsored post? A, 1.2 million, B, 1.4 million, C, 1.6 million, or D, 1.8 million? 1.6. The answer she picked was C, 1.6, and that is the correct answer. (gasps) What's going on? (laughs) See, I don't don't even like how this is already going. I know it's my happening. (laughs) <laughs> this is hilarious. Let that sink in that somebody, every time they post to their social media from a sponsored ad, that man is making over $1 million. The money is Ridiculous. flowing where the money reside, where the money reside. That's absolutely crazy. That's crazy. That's why I wanted to do this so we could all let this sink That's in. Crazy. Cole, your question is, 
by 2021, who was earning the most on TikTok? Oh, A, Cobby Lane, B, Charlie D'Amelio, C, Bella Porch, or D, Addison Ray. Who was earning the most on TikTok? The only name I actually remember, I actually recognize is that Charlie. So I'll say B. Was it B, Charlie? Charlie D'Amelio B? Yes. <laughs> Which is the correct answer. Oh, yeah. What's going on? So <laughs> oh, they can recognize. I was like, let me go with the one I heard what? before. <laughs> so we got ones. Everybody got one all the way across the board. We're starting at the top now again. So so y'all know Charlie D'Amelio was making money on TikTok. Okay. Okay, Serena, your second question. Fashion Nova, baby. I can buy designer, but that Fashion Nova fit. Okay, so listen. Fashion Nova spent a whopping blank million dollars on influencer marketing in 2019 alone. Hmm. So how much did Fashion Nova spend on Cole? I can't. Y'all got to watch Cole's reactions. I'm just saying. Because this is a lot of money flying around here. Okay. A, 15 million. B, 25 million. C, 30 million. Or D, 40 million. How much did Fashion Nova spend on influencer marketing in 2019? I would say 15 million. That is incorrect. Fashion Nova is breaking bread. $40 million spent in 2019. So all those people that y'all saw say Fashion Nova partner, I believe it because they was really dropping money out there. Shouts to K-Cruz. I'm mad I didn't know about that. All right. So (laughs) next, yeah, there's people making money. K-Cruz is actually Pretty Little Things. Oh, uh, sorry. K-Cruz is Pretty Little Things. My bad. Okay. We didn't want to give Fashion Nova no extra stuff. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So... Snookabooka, in the first four months of 2022, which is this year, how much money did Amazon spend on TikTok advertisement? A, 12 million, B, 14 million, C, 19 million, or D, 22.5 million? I'm going to say the 12 because I think Amazon might be a little cheap. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, I'm with Snook. They don't need this to advertise. So why, they, why would they spend that much money? Amazon oh said, God. where the money reside, where the money reside. Because they spent $22.5 million in just the first four months. The correct answer wow. was D. Amazon, y'all don't know. Y'all need to know that. I want to say this PSA right here in the middle of MoCo trivia. Amazon is taking over the world. I don't mm-hmm. know if anybody's paying attention. They now have Thursday night football. That's why I stopped ordering from them. They're not going to take over my life. Oh, please. <laughs> please I just mom. got an re- uh, email for yesterday or something she ordered. <laughs> <laughs> we, we got a notification on our Alexa. <laughs> on our Alexa. <laughs> Well, listen, listen, I'm going to just say this. And I agree with Renee. They are taking over the world. But what shocks me is, is that that they have to advertise because who's not going to Amazon? They're all, no, listen, they're advertising they, their takeover. So people might not know Thursday night football. Yeah, you got to oh, come pay that. us. Oh, yeah. They're oh, advertising mm-hmm. their takeover. Oh, yeah. You guys got to like the things that they're in now. Amazon's taking over a lot. So I'm sorry, Snookabook, that answer was incorrect. Okay, well. So now it's like <laughs> we didn't need to really. So you know that was just wasted money. They spent ten million more than they needed to. <laughs> Cole, are you ready? To yes. She over here mad. Okay. Before everything happened with Will Smith, this is pre-slap. Will Smith earned an estimated blank thousand a month from TikTok. So he was on the payroll. When was okay? thousands a month? Okay. A blank thousand a month. Okay. So was it A, 57, 
B, 55, C, 50, or D, 47 per month that Will Smith made from TikTok? D, 47. The correct answer is A, 57. He made the maximum amount. You know, as an instructor in developing these questions, I see there's a a thing running through the answers. It's always the highest one. So the next round round team, whatever the highest number is, choose that one because that'll be the answer more than likely. Are we all even now? Everybody won one? Everybody lost one? Did y'all all all get it wrong that round? Uh, Yes. Oh, wow. So we got it to go one more round of Snook thinks she has the answer now to how to <laughs> Snook thought she figured out the answer even though she got it wrong but let's see here well let's All just right. go back now let's go back to Will Smith real quick on the pre-slap <laughs> post-slap 57 well, however much money he was making 57,000 a month 57,000 a month from TikTok okay fine so Y'all know he's coming back to that. I mean, I don't know why people act like... Well, we just don't have the research numbers yet. I like to be factual here. So these numbers were taken before that occurred. So mm-hmm. yes, he'll probably come back and make 65 if, if yeah, he really, you know what I'm The businessman that I know he is, if it was me, I'm coming back getting 65 because look, we did. I'm sorry. We got past it. I got Cobra Kai back on air. We know Bel Air coming back. My Can't business wait. is coming back, baby. And I always been funny. If I was him, I would have said, y'all know the content going to be lit. But yeah, he was making he was making fifty seven thousand dollars a month just to be on TikTok. That's crazy. All right. So for Moco Trivia, the final round, if you missed the question, you're just out. All right. For Serena, your question is TikTok's total revenue is projected to hit more than blank by 2024 and take up 3.5% of digital ad spending, like meaning all of it. Okay, I want you guys to understand what TikTok is doing. All right, TikTok's total revenue is projected to hit more than blank. A, 7 billion, B, 9 billion, C, 10 billion, or D, 11 billion? 11 billion. (laughs) The correct answer is D, 11 billion. (laughs) (laughs) Look, your theory might be right. (laughs) <laughs> this is so funny. I just could see how this is going to play how out. This is, I do too. I do see. I see how it's going to play out. Now she's trying to figure out which one is not the highest. Okay. And the question. How much money? Okay, Cole, is it? Who is it? Snook. It's Snook. How much money spent in year 2020 on advertisement on social media in the United States of America? A, 10 billion. B, 20 billion. C, 30 billion or D, 40 billion? Are you going, let's ride, Snooka Booker? What you going with? I a friend. <laughs> let's ride, Snooka Booker. I'm going to go with D. Okay, Snook said D, $40 billion. Snooka Booker. I knew you shouldn't have went with that theory. See, I'm getting ready to come to Atlanta and choke you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll give you the answer after these commercials. Roy, hit it! <laughs> You gonna Ryan Seacrest us right now? Really? <laughs> oh. like Snook, that's why you know what Diddy always used to have a saying: you can't be too smart for your britches. <laughs> <laughs> what was it wrong? She wrong. So it's C then, huh? The correct the correct answer is D forty million. Oh! 40 Wow! Look at that! Look at that! All right, hey, don't come over here with no foolishness. <laughs> don't come this way with no foolishness. <laughs> what what is she about to do? Before she even reads the question, I'm just. Done. I know she about to come here with some foolishness. I, it might as well be a penny off. She gonna give me something okay. with a penny off. So 
<laughs> I'm trying not to because this is bad. <laughs> this is bad. How much did Cobby Lane earn through TikTok each year that he who, was there? I don't even know who Cobby who is. Lane is. Cobby who? Lane was one of the top uh, Forbes creators. He was on our list, people. Come okay. on now, Cobby. Right. Remember, Cole, you said, what, why does he want to go to TV if he's he making doing? so much oh, on social that media? Person. Okay, that's cool. Okay, yeah. come on now. We got the carryover. So, yeah. Cobby earned how much with from TikTok? A, 2 million, B, 4 million, C, 6 million, or D, 18 million? See? 2, 4, 6, 18? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with D, 18 million. <laughs> Why y'all laughing? <laughs> because they know I got it wrong. See, it's no, I'm, I'm laughing about. because everybody's been choosing D. Because <laughs> Snook, that's what I'm trying to tell you. You can. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Snook gonna have y'all out of here because Cobby actually made four million dollars a year oh, B. Wow. Oh, you have been eliminated using Snook's theory. Now Snook <laughs> and Serena remain for the sudden death. Oh okay? my gosh, I'm scared. And I'm Good gonna luck, see Serena. who rides that theory out. All right. Good luck, baby. <laughs> Thank you, Snook. Good luck. Sam, Kylie Jenner's paid blank on Instagram. A one million, B one point two million, C one point four million, or D one point six million. I would say 1.2 million. Wow, that is correct. You just went away from Snook logic. Wow. Okay, let's keep it in the same place. How many followers does Kylie Jenner have in 2022? Snook, don't be looking around nowhere. I always write down the answers. Okay, well, write this down. A, 326. <laughs> write this down. B, million. million. <laughs> B, 330. Million C three hundred and sixty one million and D four hundred and fifty five million. Now we know your answer. No, I, I think I'm gonna change <laughs> because they set me up. Why would they put they with up. those rounded numbers? Why would you have a three sixty one in there? That seems kind of odd to me with those others. So I'm going with C. $361 million. Oh, Snookabooka. So, Snook, I'm just recapping everything because this is what I like to do. Cole got out on Snook's theory. Yeah, and now Snook and Serena have both changed their methods. <laughs> Serena got one right. Snook said C, 361, and Snook is correct. So, we wow. are going to continue our <laughs> battle it out to the final straw. Okay, <laughs> Serena. Cole is still claiming that she was see, set that's up. that's why I write them down, you see. You have to look at what you're working with <laughs> to figure out the answer. That's why I try to tell my students all the time, just don't jump up there. You know, you have to kind this of look around This is a there. comedy. So Snook said you got to think about it. All right, Serena, your question is, which brand is spending the most on Instagram? A, Ciroc, B, Walmart. C, Fashion Nova, or D, Pretty Little Things? Fashion Nova. <laughs> Sam's answer was C, Fashion Nova, and that is the correct answer. <laughs> My goodness, this is getting you know, crazy. We already given, so that's one of the ones when you have a test, they're too close. <laughs> we had already said it was way up there, so, you know, that was easy. Well, how much is Pretty Little Things making, Snook? Because I didn't put that question in there. Oh, I just didn't pick it. Is that for me? No. <laughs> okay, well, I'll, I'll just pass on that one and get on to mine. <laughs> Just stop playing. I, I, I don't want to overdo my brain. <laughs> wow. Okay, because look a book. I tell you, she gonna have a problem with all of them. All right. According to Cantor, Mucinex, y'all know that when we got allergies, Mucinex has spent blank million in the first half of 2019 on social media. Mucinex now. <laughs> yep. Get your sniffles together. I don't want to hear no crying after anybody gets it wrong. A, 19 million. 
B, 29 million, C, 24 million, or D, 34 million? How you like that for patterns? I'm not real sure about this, but B, 29. You got to be kidding me. That's correct. <laughs> okay, so okay, we're going gonna have to, we're gonna have to just extend this to next week because <laughs> showdown because we don't have no more time for these two. Yes. <laughs> Clearly Snook and Serena love the marketing space so much so that they even <laughs> guess it right. Deductive reasoning Snook would like to add but Moko <laughs> Trivia we're going to have to be to be continued because we're running out of questions over here with these two. We'll see y'all next week where we got a whole nother topic and Cole we'll see if Cole can join. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> I know I come from a sports family, so did Brianna's family came from a sports family, but come on, you just gotta love sports because of the things that we love. The underdog taking down David Goliath, those vibes. That's the feeling, but also I know I gave a long soliloquy. Sorry, people, I was in my feelings about how we're treating each other, but let sports be your God, okay? So as we're getting back to the sports season, I gotta remind us about sports etiquette, people, okay? No throwing that popcorn. No throwing those drinks. It's the most wonderful time when all the sports are back. Only the WNBA is missing, okay? Shouts to them. But let's remember sports etiquette because last year we got a little out of pocket and we got to do better. It's a generational thing over here at MoCo, y'all. We'll see you next week. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.